Per reports, the Oklahoma Sooners have found their offensive coordinators. We'll talk about all that on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners, and thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy over at Prize Picks. Thank you for joining us. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. My buddy here is Josh Elmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. And Josh, we've got some offensive coordinators to discuss. According to a report from Sooner Scoop, uh, George Stoya, Kerry Murdoch, and Josh McQuistian all involved in that story. The Oklahoma Sooners are set to name Seth Luttrell and Joe John Finley as co-offensive coordinators for the Oklahoma Sooners. Not uh, really a surprise, I wouldn't say. The in-house option, I think you and I said here, not that it was... uh, you know, a bunch of sourced information, I guess you could say, but just kind of a, a gut feel that it, it felt like this was going to go the in-house direction for Oklahoma. And obviously credit to the uh, Suter Scoop guys for uh, being Johnny on the spot and breaking the story tonight that that's exactly how this is going to play out with uh, Seth Luttrell alongside Joe John Finley. So what do we make of that? What does it tell us? John, I think uh, first and foremost, it tells me that Oklahoma – had two guys on staff that uh, it really, really liked to begin with, and probably it uh, was going to take some some serious convincing from an external potential hire to uh, dissuade Brent Vittables away from maybe what was the initial reaction in the initial uh, parachute or succession plan that Oklahoma already had in place, which was Latrell with uh, Joe John Finley. You already had Latrell, who's been a proven offensive coordinator on staff. And uh, I, I think that it tells us that probably all along, this was the number one option for Brent Venables in Oklahoma. And uh, obviously they acted quickly. So your initial feeling, if that's what it was for Brent Venables, it, it was strong enough, John, to where nothing along the way over the course of, well, the, the end of last week into this week, nothing struck him enough to change his mind. I just think he felt so strongly that Seth Luttrell was the right guy alongside, obviously, Joe John Finley with a, a raised level of input, I would imagine. Yeah, and and with Joe John Finley, this is the one that I think caught a lot of people by surprise. You hear guys talk about him, guys like Teddy and Gabe over at the Oklahoma Breakdown who are very well plugged in. I mean, they're part of the OU radio crew as well. They're very much plugged into the inner workings of the program. Obviously, they got Brent Venables on speed dial from their time playing with him and or playing for him. And they speak very highly or of Joe John Finley, or at least the people inside the program are speaking very highly of Joe John Finley. There were some rumors that, you know, Jeff Levy was trying to poach him away from Oklahoma staff to come be his offensive coordinator there at Mississippi State. Oklahoma did what they had to do to promote a guy that they think is going to be really, really good one day. Maybe he's just not where he needs to be just yet, but 
they like where he's at and they believe that he can be a future OC, if not more than that, down the road. And then, yeah, with Seth Luttrell, I mean, you got a guy who not only has offensive coordinator experience and has had success at places like Arizona and Indiana and North Carolina, you know, Indiana and Arizona, like not necessarily places that have had, you know, highly productive offenses over the years, but he helped make theirs better you know, and get them into top 20 in total yards and top 30 in points. And, and then at North Carolina, I mean, it's an up and down one, but again, he helped make it better. And then at North Texas, again, took a program that I saw a stat. We, you know, there's a great article uh, from a, a Georgia tech writer that uh, being kind of passed around, read through it today. And uh, it's from uh, Benjamin Tankersley um, that covers Georgia tech football for SB nation. And mentioned that, you know, before Seth Luttrell's North Texas teams went to six out of seven bowl games, they'd only been to one previously between 2004 and the start of Seth Luttrell's tenure. So I think, I mean, I think all that matters. I mean, he's had success. I mean, is he the hottest name on the, on the block? No, not necessarily, but he's a good name and he's a good name that this program, Brent Venables in particular, feels very comfortable with not just from his time as as a player that matters that relationship matters but also the success that he's had you cannot discount that at all and those two things in concert made this what seemed like a really easy decision for Brent Venables to entrust his offense to somebody that again he knows and somebody who's had success I'm glad you said that because there's this idea that Seth Luttrell is this failed head coach because uh, his time ended at North Texas. And in reality, he should probably be remembered as a great head coach for his time at North Texas. Right. And yet he he's not, not, he's not over the course of this last week and a half uh, been talked about that way by a lot of Oklahoma fans. It was, there was a lot of trepidation and concern. Oh, well, why are you going to bring a failed head coach in which, Again, I don't know that you can qualify him as that. And oh, by the way, if that's the barometer that uh, you're either boxing in or out potential offensive coordinator candidates then or defensive coordinator candidates, then uh, I've got an Alabama program that would tell you that probably that's not the best approach, right? Where it has been rehabilitation clinic in Tuscaloosa. And oh, by the way, it's uh, it's been fantastic. Look no further than, uh, obviously, uh, your arch rival in Texas if you want uh, an illustration of how how that's worked out for uh, the Longhorns. So, look, uh, I think continuity clearly was an important detail here, and uh, maybe that was, to Brent Venables, the most important detail. I, I don't, But, you know, in saying that, I don't want to – I don't want to detract from Seth Luttrell's qualities uh, for the gig, right? I don't I don't want to let that be any sort of detraction for the fact that he's qualified for this Oklahoma gig and had a ton of success which led to the North Texas head coaching gig. So, he's qualified of his own offensive coordinating past experiences, his successes there. And then the continuity, John, I think is a bonus. And, and but it is a clear factor, right? That's not the only factor for Seth Luttrell and Joe John Finley, but it is a, a clear piece of the puzzle, right? That's right. Yeah, it's gotta be. I mean, I think if he were not already on staff, would that be the hire that they make? They, it might be because he's again, a name that Brent Venables knows and has a relationship with, 
but the fact that he's been here, been an offensive analyst, been a part of the game planning and the scouting and, you know, putting this thing together, being somebody that's in Jeff Levy's ear, that kind of stuff matters. You know, he's been around the program. He knows the players. He knows Jackson Arnold. And obviously there's going to be a comfort level there with the quarterback. And that matters too. Like having a guy that your quarterback feels very comfortable with, not that Brent Venables necessarily went to Jackson Arnold to, to, you know, check the box, but you can see because Seth Luttrell has been in the program, Brent Venables can see how they interact and just know that it's going to be a good fit and it'll work well together. All that stuff matters. It may not be, you know, something you can put on a stat sheet, something that you can see on film, but the relationship aspect of that stuff kind of matters. That's why the Dylan Gabriel, Jeff Levy thing worked so well because they'd had a previous relationship. It's what brought Dylan Gabriel to Oklahoma is that relationship. So as much as we don't want to talk about the relationship aspect of it and it all that matters is wins and losses and the amount of points you put up on the board. Some of those things matter because communication is key to offensive success. If the offensive coordinator and, and the quarterback don't have great communication because they don't have a great relationship, then it really can hinder some things. And so I, I like the hire because for a lot of reasons, one, he's had success one, uh, two, it's, it's the continuity aspect three Jackson Arnold is going to be familiar with them. They don't really have to start over. Like this is not somebody that knew that Jackson Arnold has to get to know. No, he knows Seth Luttrell. He's been in those quarterback meetings. He's been in those offensive game planning meetings with Jeff Levy and Dylan Gabriel and all of them together. They've been working on this thing over the, you know, for, for some time now. So there's a great chance that they can just hit the ground running right now and begin to kind of discuss more. Okay. What is our offensive philosophy going to look like? What do we want our identity to be? And how are we going to best utilize Jackson Arnold's skill set in 2024? Like they can hit the ground running right now on that. And we're going to talk more about how, this is going to work, what Seth Luttrell brings to the table, what Joe John Finley brings to the table in this, and any other lingering leftover questions we might have about the Oklahoma Sooners coaching hire in this episode of Locked On Sooners, your team every day. Today's episode brought to us by Prize Picks, the home for the best daily fantasy sports. We've been singing the praises of Prize Picks. It is, with basketball season here, a fun place to play daily fantasy sports. It's the, the most fun place to play daily fantasy sports with their specials league, combined basketball with football. For example, LeBron James, Travis Kelsey, at let's say a 10.5 combo of three pointers made plus receptions. Just more than, less than, which side do you like? And uh, one of the other cool things they've got, they've got uh, where you can play alongside prize picks, favorite players such as, oh, I don't know, rapper Meek Mill, if that does anything for you, comedian Andrew Schultz. So just one of the cool things they've got with their community plays as they continue to, well, uh, reinvent the daily fantasy sports game. You can place your entries in 60 seconds or less. I know for many of us on the go, we're not trying to spend all day. We, we want to have some fun with daily fantasy sports, but if you can get me in and out in 60 seconds with my entry, that's uh, that's convenient as well. So check them out. Head on over to prizepicks.com backslash locked on college. Use our code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100 prizepicks.com backslash locked on college. Use our code Locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100 daily fantasy sports made easy. At some point this week, we're going to start talking transfer portal. The transfer portal window opens on December the 4th. So we're going to have to talk about what Oklahoma might need to go shopping for in this transfer portal season. 
the early signing period is just a few weeks away at this point. And, you know, we'll, we'll have a lot to discuss this off season. So make sure you're subscribed to locked on Sooners, your team every day, Josh, there's so much to unpack with this hire because, or with the promotions of Seth Luttrell and Joe John Finley. Again, a lot of it just comes back to he's had success at a lot of different places. You, know, you go back and you, you look at, um, that article that I referenced earlier from uh, Georgia Tech SB Nation, and it, what was intriguing and kind of my bigger takeaway from this is that he was a guy willing to adjust his plan of action a little bit more. If you know the the, the main kind of point there at the end of the story was okay, Mason Fine leaves the passing expected you know efficiency and the passing uh, success rate dropped off a little bit, but the rush success rate jumped up. There was an improvement in in, in total yard, rushing yards and EPA, and and that and that's that to me that's the sign of a good coordinator is that you understand your personnel and you understand what's going to work for you and you tailor your scheme and your your game plans and your offense to fit that. Uh, there's nothing more frustrating than watching an offensive coordinator try to do the same thing year after year after year and and not understand that, hey, you've got different players and you got to figure out how to maximize those skill sets a little bit better. You see it all the time in the NFL. Offensive coordinators go to a new job and they've got their scheme, they got their game plan, they've got the tried and true things in their offense, but they never tailor what their offense is to what the players they have do well or to what you know is going to work well for that team. And then they end up fizzling out. But in this article, it, it kind of, pretty clearly states that he was willing to make that adjustment because he didn't have a guy like Mason fine who ended up being a really, really good quarterback for North Texas. They had to adjust and then run the ball a little bit more because Mason fine ended up graduating. It's the mark of a great coach adjusting to the personnel and that's any sport, but uh, in the football sense, look, uh, I don't want to wait year to year for changes either. I understand that you've got, an idea of a base offense that you run and stylistically you you've got some things that ideologically you believe in, but look, it's gotta be a week to week thing in college mm -hmm. football. If, if something's not working and you figure that out with your personnel, it's time to adjust on the fly. So I'm with you. That uh, obviously is a positive for Seth Luttrell. I like the fact that uh, he sat in a head coach's seat. I think uh, that that is a beneficial thing to have had that experience and now you get to return to an offensive play callers role. Right. I, I just think the experience that Latrell brings to the table, obviously he'll be tasked with running this offense, but in general to have somebody that has sat in that seat alongside Brent Venables, you know, larger than the offense itself, I think is going to benefit Oklahoma. And I think clearly for OU, they view Joe John Finley as a rising star. So I've got a question before we ask the the obvious, I think, that many will ask. How's all of this going to work? I sort of uh, would imagine that Seth Luttrell's your your play caller and Joe John Finley gets serious input throughout the week and, uh, you know, on game day, some input here and there. But I just think that it's like uh, they say, if you've got three quarterbacks, you don't have really one quarterback, right? I feel that way about the play caller. But what about this? The shuffling for Oklahoma staff. Is it over now? Does this, does this tell us that, okay. I mean, obviously Joe John Finley 
is staying in place. Any flirtation that was there between Joe John and Mississippi State, you, you saw all sorts of different assistants for Oklahoma linked to different places, right? Because that's what happens. Somebody somebody moves and then, okay, well, Jeff Levy's going to try and pluck the whole staff away, right? And, oh, by the way, if uh, somebody's not named the offensive coordinator, do their feelings get hurt and now they're off somewhere else? Where, where do you sit with all of that? Because I kind of think the musical chairs is over. Yeah, I've, I've kind of felt like that was going to be the case. If there was going to be one guy that did bounce and, and follow Levy, I thought it was going to be Joe John Finley because they've just had a little bit longer connection. You know, he, he was on Levy's offensive staff at Ole Miss uh, prior to, you know, winding up with Oklahoma. So that, that would have made a little bit of sense. But yeah, I mean, there's no real reason. Like Bill Biedenboe, we talked about it in our live show on Monday night. He wants to be in Oklahoma. I kind of joked around with some of my guys in, the, uh, in our Sooners Wire chat that he would rather go cold coach at like Tulsa or ORU than leave and go to, you know, Mississippi state. You know what I mean? Like, and, and this is my assumption just based on everything he's told other people is just like, he just wants to be in Oklahoma. This is home for him and for his family. And so I don't think he's going Emmett Jones. It doesn't sound like he's being wooed anywhere. That would be the one that would be the most critical. I think, because of how successful he's been as a recruiter. But given that Zion Kearney locked in, Davin Mitchell locked in, uh, Zion Reagans locked in, these guys that Emmett Jones has recruited and been the primary recruiter for, I feel very comfortable that Emmett Jones is sticking around. If I mean, they need to give him a raise because he's crushing it on the recruiting trail and probably need to throw another title at him just to help not not necessarily like satiate his needs or desires, but because he's earned it. Like he deserves, you know, whatever flowers you want to give him because he's been crushing it since landing in Norman less than a year ago. I mean, no, I don't think anybody has recruited better than he has. Maybe Todd Bates, but that's about it. Well, so the on-field production of wide receivers is, yes. is positive for the future too. I know that uh, a lot of times in, I agree with you on the recruiting front. A lot of times we get caught up with Emmett Jones. Uh, look at all these, uh, look, look at all these uh, infinity stones. He's gone out and collected for Oklahoma. Right. Yeah. And yet uh, he's doing pretty good with what he's got in Norman, Oklahoma too. I mean, Nick Anderson, uh, Jaden Gibson, there's Jaden Gibson, man. Andrew Anthony was having a huge season before yeah. he got hurt. So the, the wide receivers in general, the play that Oklahoma has gotten from its wide receivers, I think is, is pretty promising too. So really, yeah, everything is coming up roses for image Jones. So I'm with you the board of regents and the coaching staff, you know, Venables, everybody, they're going to take care of Emmett Jones, right? I it's, I have no doubts about that. Yeah. And then DeMarco Murray, I think it just seems like he's good. You know what I mean? Like he's good to be here. It would, it would make sense if he followed Lebby, but I don't think that that connection is necessarily as strong as his connection to Oklahoma. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if he's just jumping just to jump to that job. I feel like for him, it might be a step down to go to Mississippi state. Even if he was going to be the offensive coordinator, than being at Oklahoma and being the running backs coach, I, I think there's an opportunity for him to get a better job down the road. If he's a little bit more patient with it again just my opinion on that i'm not demarco's agent i'm not out there fielding offers for him so who knows he might have you know guys lining up 
to offer him offensive coordinator jobs at different places. I, I don't know that, but it seems like, and, and according to the report from Sooner Scoop, it's basically all the off-field assistants that are going to be following Phil Lodeholt being one of those that's going to be uh, following uh, Jeff Levy over to Mississippi State, according to that report. Um, and then this is a guy that could end up back at Oklahoma one day as its offensive line coach whenever you know Bill Beatonbo decides to hang it up. But for now, go get your experience. Go see what it means to be the position coach and then go from there. And, and I think that's where a lot of the, the off-field assistants are, are going to kind of land um, according to George Stoya and again, Kerry Murdoch and those guys over there. So, uh, we'll have a few more takeaways about the promotion and, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, just see where it goes, man. I think it's exciting. I think it's going to be a really, really great thing for Oklahoma, uh, from a toughness standpoint, I think the physicality is going to really jump up for the Sooners moving forward. We'll talk more about it after the break. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top tier candidates, uh, as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy. In fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. So go to linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Josh, any other final takeaways about the OC hire or the coaching staff or where Oklahoma's headed this offseason? Well, I do think it's exciting that Brent Venables is is looking to promote somebody like Joe John Finley. I think, uh, you know, if you've ever been a part of, which most everybody I'm imagining, listening, watching the show has at some point in their life, uh, been a part of moving up in a company, right? I mean, I just think that's exciting for Joe John Finley, that portion of it. The how will it work component? Are you with me? I mean, I would imagine that Seth Luttrell is your is your in-game play caller, and Joe John Finley has an elevated role here to where he will be much more heavily involved in terms of installation of a game plan. He'll probably be on that, that, I mean, he'll be in constant communication in game, but I don't, I just think you have to have the buck stop somewhere. Right. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine that's going to be with Seth Luttrell, but let that not be some big slight to Joe John Finley. I do think this is a legitimate promotion for Joe John and a big step forward in his career. But how, how do you see that piece of it working out? Yeah, I feel like it's going to be similar to what we saw this year where, Joe John helps relay signals like he did for Jeff Levy and whether, you know, Seth Luttrell is up in the booth or he's down on the field, you still need that guy that helps coordinate with the coordinator almost, you know, once the coordinator makes the call, you got a guy that's ready to go and throw the signals to the quarterback and to the offense and, and get everybody on the same page. I think what this does is just gives him the title that goes along with that because there's a lot that goes into being able to relay those signals. I mean, those are not simple things that Michigan is trying to decipher uh, across the country. So you, you got to have a guy that's one really, really smart two can communicate on the fly 
and three that you work really, really well with and trust. And, and I think that's why this is going to work really, really well. Yeah, I think Seth Luttrell is going to be the play caller. Parker Thune of OU Insider even said as much. And he, he basically said, yeah, based on the people he talked to, that Seth Luttrell would be the play caller. And I think that's the right move. There's too much at stake right now to go with a rookie play caller at Oklahoma. You've got a, a, a quarterback who's going to be starting for the first time in 2024. You've got a, a young group of receivers. You've got an offensive line that's going to be replacing maybe up to four guys uh, that are starters. Now, you could consider J- Jacob Sexton a starter because he started the last few games. But then you still have three if Andrew Rain goes off to the NFL along with Walter Rouse and Tyler Guyton. And then McCade Mattire could go off to the NFL as well. So I think you've got to have somebody with that play calling experience to help lessen the burden of you know replacing so many guys along the offensive line and breaking in a not a not a freshman quarterback, but a first time starter at quarterback this next year. Well, and it's just it's exciting to see somebody professionally climb those ranks again if uh, i didn't articulate that point uh succinctly that that's it right i mean for joe john finley this is a a big moment for him it, it does give me the indication that seth luttrell he's your play caller joe john finley obviously heavily involved the the week of game planning and i i think game day he's going to have a legitimate input too but the buck stops of course with luttrell and yet this sets him up to where you know oklahoma's been it's been a revolving door of success at offensive coordinator. Every single one, even though the one that didn't work out in Josh Heupel, every single one's been a head coach uh, after being an offensive coordinator at Oklahoma. So probably that's going to be the case with Seth Luttrell again, that if this thing goes well enough, one year, two years in the SEC, he resurfaces as a, a maybe a power five head coach part two somewhere. And then I think that sets Joe John up to be the heir apparent. Uh, offensive uh, play caller going forward, the next OC for OU. So I think uh, the show two years from now, we can write it for you right now. We can do the broadcast for you right now. Joe John Finley's your next offensive coordinator, probably after uh, Seth Luttrell, if things are successful. Yeah, that's a, I, I love the prediction. We'll we'll circle back to uh, November 29th to, to see if that's going to be accurate a few years down the road. But the, the final thing I'll say on Joe John Finley, a lot of people are talking about, okay, the tight end room wasn't very good this year. What does that say about Joe John Finley? Well, the tight end room was really good a year ago. I think some of it just has to do with the personnel as much as it does with the, the position coach. And you didn't have a full complement of tight ends available to you. Caden Helms was injured. Jason Llewellyn dealing with injuries and wasn't quite ready to get on the field. It sounds like, and you're dealing with Austin Stogner, who I think a lot of people just seem to believe didn't have quite enough uh, to be as effective as they needed him to be throughout the year. So yes, tight end room could have been better, but Braden Willis had a breakout year with Joe John Finley as his position coach a year ago. And we don't see what Brent Venable sees on a day-to-day basis. We don't see what the rest of the offensive coaching staff sees with Joe John Finley on a day-to-day basis. There has to be a basis for this promotion. And I'm guessing that a lot of it comes down to a lot of the things that we don't see through the week. We get to see him relaying the calls on, on Saturdays. And I think that matters, but there's a lot of things that we're not seeing. And I think some of it comes down to the unseen stuff for Joe John Finley. He's made an impression 
on his his boss, Brent Venables, on his boss's boss, Joe Castiglione. And those kind of impressions matter. And that's why you end up getting a job. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thanks so much for tuning in and being a part of the show. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube. Again, we'll be back to start discussing transfer portal stuff, getting you ready for early signing period as well throughout this week and next. Again, we're championship Saturday, but then we're kind of in the offseason, basically, aside from the bowl game and figuring out where Oklahoma is going to land, probably the Alamo Bowl. But you never know. But uh, make sure you follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on Ref, myself at John Nine Williams. The show is at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. But until next time, he's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams, Boomer Sooner.